Well, hello and welcome to The Sensibility Show. Today we have Deanne, who is a kinesiologist and also a hypnotherapist. Um, and she does amazing work. I actually refer my clients to Deanne. And I want to share a lot about what the kinesiology practice is um, and also her journey and some of the breakthroughs she's gone through. Um, so first of all, I want to introduce you to Deanne. Can you please just tell us all about yourself? You're uh, about to launch a new website. You've been practicing this for some time now um, and you're taking your business some, you know, to, from strength to strength. So I'm just going to give you uh, the limelight here and you just share with us a bit about where you're at and also a bit about your journey. How did you get into kinesiology as well? Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's just great to work with like-minded people like you that look at what they're doing from a real holistic perspective. And I think, you know, finance is such an important aspect of our lives. Um, it's like air. It's like food. Um, it's something that we have to look at, but it's something that we need to look at holistically as well. Um, yes, as you said, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and kinesiologist. I've been an integrative practitioner for 10 plus years. Uh, I work very holistically. So I draw on all the skill sets that I've been trained in over the last 20 years, um, such as Ayurvedic medicine and lifestyle, NLP. Um, and I sort of weave it all together, um, unique for each client. So every session with each person is individual um, and it's tailored in their needs and what their outcomes are. Um, how I got into this, I'm ex-corporate. So after finishing university, I started my corporate career with Channel 10 in um, the marketing department and I was with them for about four years and then moved on into the motor industry with the German manufacturer Audi and worked for them both here and overseas. Um, came back to Australia and was already starting to um, train in the natural therapies realm. I actually started to train as a naturopath to begin with um, because I just loved health and wellness so much. And I'd used the skills. I'd seen another great kinesiologist um, when I was in the corporate world and I used kinesiology as a mechanism to help manage my stress. So it was all about just managing my stress, um, keeping me healthy to deal with those adrenal demands of what a corporate lifestyle was um, that I that I had to live. You know, it was long hours. It was not necessary. It was eating out a lot. Um, I had a lot of travel, especially when I was with Audi. I was in a plane on a regular basis. And even though that sounds quite fun and glamorous, it's actually quite taxing on the body. So I had actually a lot of adrenal fatigue. Thyroid was pretty good, but it was a little bit borderline. Um, and also I wanted to get my body really up to speed before I had kids. So I really made sure that what I was eating suited me. Um, I got plenty of rest and really nurtured and um, looked after myself through that regard. So yeah, I used natural therapies all through my corporate career. And then after my, the birth, nearly 10 years ago um, of my eldest, uh, Isabel, I was like, I don't want to go back to corporate anymore. I really want to help other people because I'd go to work and I'd go and do my juice cleanse. And everyone's like, what are you doing? It was like I was speaking a different language. And I just thought everyone knew about this stuff, mm. but they actually don't. Um, so the main focus was me. It was like, okay, I've already educated myself. I'm going to educate myself more and I'm really going to share what I've learned um, to everyone else. So that was basically my whole journey. And I just wanted to help others thrive. Like I had the pleasure of doing um, working a busy corporate lifestyle and being really healthy at the same time. Mm. Well, I, out of experience, have come and seen you. And prior to you, I had another kinesiologist that I used to visit. And I've, I've you know, believe that a lot of my personal uh, breakthroughs and my career breakthroughs, even financial breakthroughs, have come a lot out of the work that I get done through kinesiology. Um, it's quite miraculous. It's quite, I can't I sometimes try and explain it to my husband and he's like, mm, sounds a bit woo-woo to him. But I want you to explain to us what it is, what is kinesiology and how does it work? 
And then we're going to go from there and I want to talk about um, how we can really shift some blockages and really have make some breakthroughs in our lives and how it can work well with someone who's being, you know, coached or going through a financial plan and whatnot. Yeah, kinesiology, it's taken me years to really refine what it is and to explain it because I remember when I first got it done to myself when I was the client, I was going, leaving the sessions just with so much uh, energy and free of the blocks and free of the stress that I went in with. And I was saying, and they do this thing with my arm and and people would look at me like I was on another planet or I was literally on something. It was quite funny. So my, I guess, elevator pitch or bullet point summary is kinesiology sits within the natural therapies realm. It is a holistic modality where it uses the technique of muscle testing to find out what's going on. So it's really asking the body, what do you need? What's going on? Where are the blocks? And then what do you need to heal it? So it uses muscle testing or muscle monitoring. It actually came, um, the, the modern kinesiology that we know today was established um, by Dr. George Goodhart, who was a chiropractor. This is over 50, nearly 60 years ago. Um, he, he got the muscle testing from that physiotherapy model where you, you know, muscle test to see whether the muscle is working or not, whether it's strong or whether it's weak. What he discovered in his practice that already strong working muscles, when having a negative stimulus such as a negative thought or emotion, or um, he was using, they were using bags of sugar at the time, it didn't even need to be ingested just with even the client holding that for a couple of seconds would make an already strong muscle weak. So then they played around with it for years and years and years and years. And then there was a group of chiropractors that really created um, the international um, kinesiology group. And with that trial and error, trial and error, they really then created what's known as sort of the modern kinesiology protocol that's around today. Now there are apparently over 250 different styles of kinesiology in the world um, some focus on the nervous system some focus of, of, is very physical focus some is just emotional focused but the majority of the kinesiology is based in the foundation of muscle testing or muscle monitoring to ask the body what's going on the form of kinesiology i've been trained in um, which is called pkp which was created by dr bruce jew He's a New Zealand medical doctor who discovered this while he was on a trip with his wife to the US and just saw miraculous changes. His, his wife actually, she injured herself on a flight over there. She was picking something up um, from the overhead locker and did her back. They ended up going over and seeing um, uh, Dr. John T who created Touch for Health. He was also another chiropractor that used kinesiology. And Dr. Jew saw this chiropractic doctor rub points on the foot somewhere else not anywhere near the injury of the back and he watched his wife's spine realign in front of his eyes and he was like wow this is amazing so then he went on and, and, and trained in that and has then created the international school of kinesiology um, we use the traditional chinese medicine model we work with the meridians and the elements and it's very holistic so you work with the physical body you work with the emotional body, you work with the biochemical body. Now the biochemical body is your hormones, the processes such as digestion, any chemical process that happens in the body. And that also includes um, environment as well. So biochemicals very strongly linked to the environmental factors. And then I work also with the spiritual realm also. So it's very, very holistic. In what I do, there's no stone left unturned. Mm. If there's a possibility of it, I'll ask the body, A, is this what's wrong? Or B, is this what it needs to get balanced? I've, I've been through that with you and you do ask uh, permission to test as well. Mm. Um, one thing, I mean, sometimes I go, I've come to you without actually knowing what is going on with me. Just I know that I might be tired or I'm stressed or... Um, there's stuff going on in my life that uh, is bothering me 
but what you will find is like they're the symptoms of the actual cause that is something I haven't even thought about because my body's actually holding on the stress um, and that's you know in some cases it has been I'm going to bring this back to the point of money um, and you've actually been able to find well that's what's you know things we did where I think it was a fear of me moving forward with where I was going with my, my business you know there was something holding me back and we worked on that um, because the symptom was me feeling like I hadn't made a breakthrough with the, where I was financially but there was actually subconsciously me telling myself a story so to speak yeah so um I'm not really great at articulating, as I said, when I tried to share that with my husband, how amazing it is. So I wanted you to give us some examples um, of how you've worked with someone maybe who's got physical symptoms and uh, cleared them up or, or they may have had sort of issues when it comes to their finances where then all of a sudden you can actually see that they've gone leaps and bounds. Um, can you give us some examples? Are you happy to share some um, how kinesiology can work with certain cases? Absolutely, without going into the nitty gritty of people's particular case, just to for privacy reasons, I'll kind of give you a mishmash of examples, a real hybrid of different um, cases that I've seen, even some of the things that I've personally experienced with kinesiology. So for example, someone will come in with something physical, say an eczema, say a pain, a sore shoulder, They've had the scans. The doctors cannot see anything going on. There's no breaks. There's no tears. The scans have come back, you know, clean and clear. Um, nothing from the medical diagnostic perspective makes any sense why this client has so much pain in their shoulder. And yes, they'll go and get a massage or may go and get some physio or something. It goes, but it comes back. The great thing that kinesiology does, it's a great dot connector. So you are one holistic being that's had all these experiences from the moment of conception to this moment in time now. You would have had emotional things happen from the moment of conception to your time now. Physical things that would have happened, um, biochemical stresses that may have occurred. And what it does it looks, as that, it looks at your body as a whole and really connects the dots and saying, I know you've got this you know, really sore shoulder, but where have you been burdening the load financially with your family where it just, there's no let off, where you've had to pay the bills, just say you're a single mum, you've got the burden of you know, the school fees, the feeding the kids, running them around, and it just, you just feel weighted down. Like there's that, like that, like as I said, that burden on your shoulders. I can do all the physical checks to make sure that the muscles are all in harmony. But by asking the body, and that's the beauty of kinesiology, um, the great, great kinesiologists that I've, that I've had um, work done with, the best thing that they do is they ask great questions and really um, allowing that body to just open up and work out what's going on. So going back to that shoulder example, shoulder, 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 like so much pain. It's really interesting. The traps, the trapezius muscles are super, super tight. Then I'll ask the body, is there an emotion involved? Wow, there is. You feel burdened. Interestingly enough, in my emotional chart, burden sits within the governing meridian, which is the yang um, element. It's that it's that go, go, go action element. It's also in the masculine. So you've got a female that's come in with this issue going on. And then I'll ask the time, well, where other, have there been other times in your life where you felt burdened? And then we then start to un uncover and unpack. Yes, that was related to when I was 16. Um, um, my mother too was also a single mother. She basically gave up in parenting because she was too stressed and overwhelmed and I had the burden of mothering my 12-year-old sister and my four-year-old brother. So it's unpacking all that strength, uh, stress from that, from that timeline. And then interesting enough, creating that awareness and bringing that awareness to the conscious 
because it would have been sitting under the unconscious somewhere, that burden of all that stress from that age of age 16, where even at age 16, she may have had financial burdens as well because she had to then basically run a household of two children because her mum's run off and doesn't want to do this anymore. And then rubbing some associated points that the body um, needed to help release and unblock that blocked chi or energy and allow the flow can all of a sudden miraculously um, create less pain and less tension in those muscles and in that area. And all of a sudden they feel lighter, they have movement, and then over time the the pain can possibly disappear. So that's what I love about it. It seems like magic, but then when you break it down, it actually isn't. well, there's so much science behind it, um, as you've referred yeah. to several doctors in their studies. Um, and that that story just completely resonates with me. Well, sim- like as, as you know, the work that I do with money coaching, we take the client back to their childhood because, you know, our, our behaviours are created out of a subconscious and a subconscious is created from a very young age. So all these stories we tell ourselves often between the ages of 2 to 12 years old or even a little older. But what I struggle with with some of my clients is getting them to really remember some of these things. And I know with yourself working with you, you know, you'll ask my body, you'll sort of go, okay, Amy, what happened to you when you were six years old? And I'll have to go, and and then you'll ask my body some more questions to uncover what that actually was going on, what emotion perhaps, or there's little cues that you give me to remind me of my you know, experience, and then I'll go, ah, that's what happened, you know, like, you know, for example, when my parents divorced and we went from, you know, having quite a very, quite a wealthy sort of lifestyle um, going overseas and everything to mum being a single parent and everything just being completely, you know, shut down, you know, no no fun times anymore, no holidays, no, you know, mum always saying I can't afford it. I mean, you you put me through that experience through kinesiology. I do the same thing with my clients, but I find there's only so much I can unlock with words and memories um, if they can't remember, if they're holding back or they've locked that stuff out or um, if they don't even know it's there. So that's why I find the, the work that you do works so beautifully with mine because, you know, it empowers in a different way and brings stuff to light, you know, and actually heals incredibly fast um once you once someone's aware you can't you know once you know you can't unknow it's pretty amazing um so can you tell me apart i mean that's an un- unbelievable breakthrough have you got any other examples especially when it comes to i mean of course i'm going to bring it around around the topic of money because of what i do but um any other incredible breakthroughs that you've recently seen either through the work you've done or even yourself Yeah, I think going back to what you said before is that money is so hardwired into our subconscious from a very early age. Now, in essence, the subconscious is what drives the bus. So I talk about this a lot, especially with hypnotherapy, is that, and the great example that I always use is You've driven down the road many, many times, or even when you learn to drive a car, let's take a step back. So when you learn to drive a car, you're very conscious where your hands are on the wheel, where your um, hand is on the gear stick, indicating braking acceleration. You're consciously aware. But over time, you do that over and over again. It creates what's called a neurological pathway where you literally do not have to think You may think about opening the pressing the button on your car, but you do not have to think how to drive. You just drive. So who's actually doing the driving? Is it the conscious mind or the unconscious mind? Now, I don't know whether you've experienced it. I have experienced it a couple of times where I've actually missed turnoffs on a freeway because I haven't been fully present and engaged with what I was doing and gone, oh, So who in that short period of time was actually driving the car? Because I did not have really have conscious awareness of where I was going. So going then back to money and anything I do with in relation to kinesiology 
it's really the subconscious that is running what we do in life, the choices and decisions that we make. Money is very much intertwined by programming. We're, we're not really born with an innate sense of how to deal with money. It's pretty much programmed from our parents or any mentors or anyone that we've grown up with. So I think you do this task, but it's a task I have done with my clients before where I get them to write down, especially when they're dealing with money, every conscious memory they have of what money is and what it represents. Mm -hmm. So it could have been the time that you had money. So back in my day, you know, 50 cents got you a lot of sweets at the corner store. Um, you need a little bit more than 50 cents these days. But I remember a time where I had 50 cents ready, you know, ready to go to the corner shop after school. And during the day at school, one of the bullies at school took the 50 cents away from me. So it's like I had this excitement about what I could do with it, but then it was like money gets taken away from me. It's out of my control. So that can be, for example, a program that you don't consciously think of. And then every time as an adult you get money, it all of a sudden gets taken away by something else. And that could have all started potentially from that decision that, yeah, money just gets taken away from me, mm. which would have may have started from, say, from the age of six when money got taken away from you in the school playground. We, we do, as money coaches, go put our clients through that. We call it the money bio. And yeah. it's incredible because it really does... Um, I've never uh, had a client not be emotionally affected by it. They write it. And, I mean, I remember even going through myself when I went through the coaching process and learning. You write out everything. When you read over it, it's incredibly emotional. So I always believe that there's a lot, there's, you know, the connection between your, your money and emotions. And I see it as energy. And it's how we actually look at that energy. My job is trying to uh, successfully improve that relationship with money. Um, and why I recommend clients come to see you is that there's always more work to be done. There's always things that are hidden that we don't consciously aware. And the kinesiology process, throughout my experience anyway, um, brings that to light. So, you you know, because your body doesn't lie. Um, our brains can shut stuff out if we allow it to. But through that process, you take, you, take us through as a, you know, as a patient I've gone through. Um, there's things that come up that I would have not even thought of um, because my body's holding in that tension and whatnot. Um, as you said, there's people who've come to you with physical ailments that have actually been a result of either financial stress or, or perhaps a relationship. That's another example, and money often affects that as well, um, that can really play out. Uh, have you got any other breakthroughs or examples of how that can work or even bring us through the process of how you can actually uncover some of mm. some of these issues i've written a few things down here and there's um like so we've talked about the patterning from parents that's a really big one um we've talked you know it's it, it, money is hardwired into our psychology and most of the time money is not a positive representation i've very rarely had people come in going yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good with the money thing. Yeah, there are definitely people out there. Um, but a lot of the time, money is a negative concept. Um, you've got, you know, you've got also the different archetypes of money. You've got the savers, you've got the hoarders, you've got the spenders. You know, there's people that can, that can um, attract a lot of money, but then all of a sudden it seems to go away. So there's lots of different things um, there are lots of different archetypes, but there's lots of, for most people, there's lots of limiting beliefs around money. There's a lot of fear around money and a lot of people sabotage mm. themselves around money. So there'll be a part of them, they'll have that conflicting idea. It's like, yes, I want to have a lot of money so I can buy a house or buy a car, whatever it is, or send my kids to school. But then I don't want to do the work behind it. I don't want to take action. And that's one of the biggest things that, I see with a lot of people in relation to money, they don't do the work. They don't sit down. And now that we have this tapping society, 
where we just can tap, tap, tap away and actually not really go through and look at what we're spending. So I think the biggest thing is, is to create everything you, everything you do success. Well, everything you do in life has a strategy. I use the example in clinic about cleaning your teeth. If an alien came to land on earth and they said, Oh, what is that? How do you do that? You'd actually cleaning your teeth, which is something that most of us do unconsciously every single day has a strategy. You pick a toothbrush up, you put toothpaste on it. Some people wet their toothbrush, some people don't, some people just put the toothpaste on, some people put a little dot, some people do a long bit. And then you brush your teeth in a particular way and you'll do little circles and you may do that for two to three minutes, up and down, in and out, da 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 and then you rinse your mouth and then you're done. That is a particular strategy. And that's what a lot of people don't have is a strategy around money. And that's where they get conflicted. It's like, I want this and this and this but they're not taking the action to putting that money aside. They're spending that money. They've got a lot of fear around, like I said before, hanging on to money because they think it gets taken away from them. Mm. You know, there's, there's so much going on there in relation to that. Um, another example is um, what money represents. So for some people, they want to be successful, but because their uncle, who was really, really rich, wasn't a very nice guy, their, represent, their representation of money is quite negative. You also hear about the poor artist. You know, the artist or the creative person thinks it's better that they're poor um, simply because they can't be seen to be made a lot of money because it's like, you know, artistic people aren't rich. They need to be poor. They need to be struggling. When actually, in fact, it's the total opposite. They can share so much of their creativity and joy with more people when they are more successful financially. Mm. Yeah, the creators uh, actually, I use that archetype uh, with the money coaching, um, have a lot of power that they are not tapping into. And that, that the mentality is because they're slaves to their art um, and they don't know how to value something that is so personal and creative often. Yeah. Um, it's hard, but that it actually really comes down to more an issue of self-worth and valuing, your, you know, yourself um, and because, because it becomes something that's physical. Um, so it's, it, there is a genuine balance there. But what I see is also where the power is with the creative is that they can actually manifest and they are spiritually driven and they are the actual magician and they are the warrior. They just haven't learned how to tap into that yet. Um, so, and that's, that's also really fun to work with someone who is creative because there are a few uh, qualities there that we kind of can unfold. Um, but you're, you're hitting it right. You know, you're hundred percent right on with that, that they're, you know, the creatives are certainly one that I love to work with for that very reason. Mm -hmm. Um, but they actually do have so much more power and so much more to share with everybody. Absolutely. Well, so much better. Totally, but I think exactly what you said, it comes down to self-worth. How do you value yourself? Why would you value, uh, and a, a great example is, and I've seen this a number of times in clinic, is where, you know, people don't get the bonus that they thought they were going to get or they get overseen for a promotion. And a lot of the time, that's because they're not valuing themselves. They are minimising themselves to other people in the office for whatever reason or they don't have the confidence, they don't have the self-worth. And the minute we flip that on its head and we work around, well, what's the reason why, where's this coming from and how do we clear this and rewrite a new script for your life, all of a sudden you clear that negative energy and that negative programming and that old programming that may have worked once upon a time back in the day but doesn't serve you anymore today next minute people do get the promotions they then do get the balances because they feel that value in themselves um and that's massive it's actually gives i was going to ask a question about um, the differences with men and women if in your experience but before i do that what you just said reminded me of i deal with a lot of professional women but a lot of these women aren't in relationships they struggle with their, their, their love life and it's exactly the same thing. It's like it's either the career, the partner. It's sort of they can't seem to believe that they can have both. They can have it all. 
and women do have this sort of um, crazy way of thinking of ourselves sometimes and it does come down to our self-worth and the stories we've been told as children as young women it's like you know when you're the wife you sort of become the martyr so to speak or, or you know if you are a career woman well of course you can't have children and you can't be married even though these days you see so many amazing women do that these stories have been told to these women back in the day as you've put it back in their you know childhood and it's carried on with them up until now they're in their 30s or place in their 40s and they're going the clock is ticking i want to have kids but it's it's like they can't believe that they can have both um mm. i've heard a woman come you know sit with me a client of mine who just sort of goes i just want to be rescued so i don't have to like, i don't think i can do both like, i can't have the career and have the relationship and i'm like mm. yes you can again and that comes back to to, sorry for interrupting, but to not valuing yourself. Wanting to be yes. rescued is I don't have the power to do this for me and for someone else. You're totally giving away your power to someone else. And there's different stages for women. So, yeah, there's the, there's the, the single woman and that's a great time to go and see someone like yourself, to go and get your financial ducks in a row where you don't have children, you're working for chunks of time because then once you have a child, usually a lot of the time you end up having to take time off. Now, depending on how, where you work or how your business is structured, sometimes you get paid maternity leave, sometimes you don't. So you, you need to start planning for those times where you may be out of work for a chunk of time. I mean, I have said a lot of the time, you know, we've never seen financially a time like the Great Depression. Well, with what's happened now in the past month or so with COVID and what's potentially happening on a global crisis, we might be in another recession. We don't know. So how recession proof is your savings? Is your super, mm. you know, things like that. But then there are also the women who go and have the kids and navigate work life and balance and things like that. But then the kids get older and all of a sudden, they're in a relationship that they're not happy with anymore. He's been the major breadwinner or they've both worked together, but then he's gone and hid money elsewhere when they've gone to do a settlement and she's been left high and dry. So I think especially the difference between men and women I see a lot is that a lot of women have given that power over to the man in the household rather than going, you know what? I need to know where all our bank accounts are. Where is the money you're earning, honey? You're watching the money with the, where I'm earning. What bank account is that going into? Where is that money going that you're spending? You know, where are those investments? Where are those superannuation accounts? Do I have a will? Do I have a power of attorney? You know, I think a lot of women haven't protected themselves, especially a lot of the Gen X women. Um, and now they're coming into their late 30s early 50s going holy dooly i don't have enough super we're also living and working longer so gone are the times now where you'd retire at 50 or 60 so yes we're working longer but life is also more expensive so do you have enough money to pay for the house to pay for the things you like to do the travel and all that sort of thing when you may not be working further down the track because you may not be working from the age of 70 to 100. That's 30 years of no income. Absolutely. And my job, I mean, as a financial advisor, I'm always, like, I measure. I actually, um, part of it is I create a model and measure that time frame. Um, and it is imperative that people do get that advice. My, my thing is, um, as you've put, you know, we've put it before, is people that have this unaware what's holding them back, um, what's stopping them or um, this lack of self-worth. There's quite a lot of things that can be addressed with the work you do and with the work I do um, to get people on track moving forward. And as you know, I'm incredibly passionate about uh, wanting to help women get on their feet and believe that they can have it all. Um, look, mm. all is everyone else's, your own story, like, you know, People could look at my story and go, you have it all. I've got a new baby. I run a business. I have children. I can tell you now, 
I'm also very tired sometimes. Yeah. It's not, it's not, there's no perfect world. But what it, what your all is, is your choice and what you want. And it's about choosing and getting the right people in your corner, like getting your tribe, I believe, is new kinesiologist, someone who maybe gives you guidance to meditate or you train with um, or your financial advisor, your life coach, whoever they may be, to help you be on track so you can have your all. Um, you interestingly pointed out before about women who've come through marriages and where their husbands have not shared, you know, been open about what funds he has and knows everything that she's got and then she's completely drifted if the relationship ends. Um, I'm interviewing another lady, a solicitor, next, hoping next week or the following, mm. we're talking exactly this subject on um, how people, women, come out of relationships and what to do and some of the steps they advise on that settlement process because that's another big part of someone's life and I, I recommend at that time as well to go and see a practitioner like yourself because this comes out in so many different ways as kind of stress. Um, as you've already pointed out, physically as well as emotionally um, and you don't want to be ending up sick and that's what can happen because of financial stress and relationship stress. Um, and that the kind of work you do can actually prevent that. Mm, I mean, health is definitely the new wealth and th this whole COVID time has really brought that from, to the forefront. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. If you're not healthy, you don't have anything. If you don't have a good quality of life, you really don't have anything. And that's why it's so important to create a team of people around you. So for me personally, you know, I know where I'm at with my financials. I've got my financial team. I've got my healthcare team that I go and see. I've got my, you know, my medical doctor. I've got my other practitioners that I go and see, my acupuncturist, my kinesiologist that I go and see at different times. Um, I have that team, those teams around me. And when I know, because I don't know everything, so it's great to seek advice when it's mm. like, you know what? Actually, I need to get my wills up to date. Who do I go and see? I need to restructure my business. How does that look financially? How does that affect my home budget and income? Um, I need to get the job keeper. I need to do what, whatever that is and you do that accounting. You know, who do I need to talk to? Who's going to be the expert? Because you can go and do a lot of these things yourself, but sometimes it's best to go and see an expert in that area. Go and see a solicitor if I need to. Where am I vulnerable in, in my marriage and my, my financials? I'm always about focusing on the positive because it's what you focus on, you manifest. I'm not one mm -hmm. for let's focus on the negative. However, in saying that, you do need to ask the question. So if, um, you know, my partner dies, what then happens? Where are we at financially? Do we have any insurances in place? Where does his super go to? Where does he, does he have a will? You know, having all those. And then, you know, like you said, oh my gosh, people that go through mediation, divorces, settlement is absolutely heartbreaking. And you see it time and time again. And no one seems to go through that process, whether it's the male or the female unscathed. There is some sort of level of stress and there are winners and losers in that process. But yeah. it's also being, um, you know, backing yourself and going, actually, no, I deserve this much money or no, you know what, this is actually fair. I will give you this much or asking for super. And look, it, I know I gave a, a quite a female example before and I know it definitely does happen to men more and more that, that we've got lots of women who are the major breadwinners. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's about just looking at everything and going, right, what do I need to do? to get really clear what is my strategy around money, what is my strategy around health and wellness. That's absolutely. So it is absolutely so important. Um, and speaking of male and female, um, sort of might be a loaded question here, do you find um, when it comes to money issues, when you're dealing with healing um, and, and the money issue arise, comes out of that session, are you finding that more with men or with women? 
Um, I feel from what I've seen for the men that I've seen, a lot of them feel like they're burdened with that load. Um, they're burdened with having to be the main breadwinner. This is, and this is just a general example. A lot of them feel burdened. They are the major breadwinner, but yet their wife's demanding them to do more with the kids and blah, 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 blah. But then on the same token, I also do have it sometimes, um, where women feel like, Oh my God, I having to do everything. I've got to make the money. I've got to clean the house. I've still got to drop the kids off to and from sport. And all my husband does is go to and from work, but I'm doing everything else. So look, there's as many people as there are, there's many examples. Um, but I do find men feel burdened because they're the responsible ones. This is general, quite generalistic because they have the responsibility, but then women feel burdened that they have to do everything. It's interesting because both of those, um, without sounding like I'm kind of stereotyping, uh, as children in our generation where, you know, if you watch children play, women were, sorry, little girls were expected, you know, they would play to uh, play kitchen, uh, play mummy, and then the boys were to be playing sort of like the, the role of the one working, the one in the job. Um, and, and sort of that sexism started from, as again, from our childhoods. And there's an expectation as we've grown up that you're, that's what the man does and that's what the woman does. Um, yet we're in a world now where we are both family, a household in most capital cities cannot survive without two, both people working. Mm. You know, both partners must work with it, regardless of whether they you know, have to, can or not. Like childcare has to be um Oh, and it's expensive. And, and it's expensive. But you kind of like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, I've had many conversations about that with clients and we've had to look at the numbers and crunch them and go, you, you know, working is probably the only answer. Um, and most women, like, you know, my experience are happy to work, but it's also that feeling like that is their responsibility as a childcare um, and coming home and, and the housework or managing the overall house. And the husband feels the burden of um, maybe I'm not bringing enough in. And that's also something I've experienced with clients who say because, um, you know, they might be a blue-collar worker and gone off, gone off and gotten a trade and then their wife's excelled and now she's the main breadwinner. Mm. And that can also cause challenges in that relationship. Oh, absolutely. Well. You can see you men who... who um, are the main uh, where the women's the main breadwinner and they're not earning as much and you, you see that power dynamic and it happens in any relationship whether the male's the major breadwinner or the female is is that power play in relation to who's bringing more money so if you're bringing in more money it's like well do you get to go out with your friends more or do you get to enjoy this or do you get to buy the clothes or not or so it's about communication a is key and it's about letting go of any stereotypes and releasing out you know, any of those fears and blocks that's mm. stopping you from achieving what you want. But it's always going back to well, what is it, A, that I want and then how are we going to get there? Absolutely. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of um, partners don't necessarily also have these communications around money. And, uh, you know, some of my growing up, we didn't speak around the dining table around money. My family just didn't. Um, but I remember going to some friends' houses and. Um, their parents did talk about the business and they did talk about money. And I've seen over time that those families that had those open conversations around the dinner table about money, the kids were more successful and more confident about money, were more successful and confident about starting their own businesses. Um, you know, I think once upon a time it was very much, oh, you don't talk about money, it's very taboo. But I think it's really important to educate your children the value of money and what you need to do to earn that money. So, for example, if I give you five bucks, well, what energy was exchanged for me to have that $5 in my, in my wallet as well? That's amazing. Yeah, that's such a, a good point. Um, I actually have a doctor. She's a doctrine in education, Dr. Kathy Murray, coming on the show so soon, and she talks about breaking that cycle. She's also a money coach, so she talks about really focusing in on helping parents with their language and changing that cycle because as we've said in throughout this whole session is this it's all comes from our childhood um, and in some cases as you've uncovered 
with uh, on the spiritual side as well. It can go beyond that as well. Um, so the work that you do is incredible. I know I've gone leaps and bounds with um, seeing my own breakthroughs, knowing that there have been either, and I'm being very honest here, lack of worth has been one of my issues. Yes. Um, experiences from my childhood that I blocked blocked out from, you know, having my parents divorced to go, mm -hmm. you know, so that money comes and money goes, so I can make it, and all of a sudden it disappears. So those things I've had to work through as a you know as a patient, um, and also that sense of belief and can I do it? And you know, because I've got these big dreams, big goals. You know, um, that's that fear, as you've pointed out, is also another one. So when you're doing a session, and I know we're running out of time, so I won't keep you too much longer. When you're doing a session, can you give us some examples of um, what either how you can sense, you know, you're, you're breaking through and you can see that there, there is actually um, the answer or see the client actually go from strength to strength once they've done with the session. Have you got any examples apart from, I mean, you've kind of given a, great example with the the pain that just goes once you've sort of recognized that you've got anything that have that you could share in terms of where you've uncovered unlocked some massive blockages when it comes to um i think there's, there's been a and once again it's sort of like a hybrid of different things so for example you know someone that's come in with like really bad eczema really bad stress um well you know eczema can be quite stress related it can be environmental stress and they were going through a really interesting um, family estate battle where the great relationship with the siblings and the aunts and all that all of a sudden turned nasty once the will was read and out on the table. And it does seem like feeding time of the zoo, the few examples that I've had in relation to estates. Mm. Um, these beautiful what appears to be on the surface wonderful harmonious families just absolutely turn on each other because money money's at stake so it's once again about releasing out the stress um trusting in the process and also letting go to the attachment that's such a great law it's one of deepak chopra's seven spiritual laws of success is the law of non-attachment you didn't have the money to begin with Yes, it's a fantastic gift or offering, but being detached from the outcome and really just releasing out that stress, a lot of the time turns into the client's favour because they're not coming with it with all that negative energy. That's a great, a great lesson. The whole let it go. <laughs> I mean, it's Let so it go. powerful. They're getting angry about money that they never have that wasn't even theirs. Does that yeah. make sense? And 100%. It's, it's, it's creating so much stress and so much pain in their body. So is it really worth it? That's the question you've got to ask. Is it really worth it? Mm. It's, I mean, look, a very different scenario, but I am deal have been dealing with clients that have lost a lot of money during COVID through the markets just mm. plummeting. But I say, first of all, it's not a realised loss unless you sell out and it comes a paper loss yeah like with the superannuation issue with people selling like yes your super's dropped in paper value but unless you actually cash in on that you haven't really got a loss it'll go that's back up that's right so the whole concept of my advice is just don't look at it let it go trust the process just yeah. trust it'll all come back trust the hit like trust history you know that is that the lesson there is a let it go i mean obviously very different because as you're saying in an estate situation, it's money they never had. It's maybe money they expect to get, but there is again an expectation. Expectations can really undo us. Mm. And what are you truly valuing? You're valuing, I guess this is my sort of big final point of this, is people, are, we're such a society of object referral. We're all about the clothes, the car, the handbag. At the end of the day, on your deathbed, are you going to say, yeah, I was so great that I got that Chanel handbag. I was so happy. You can't take it with you. Mm -hmm. So what are the things that are of value to you? Um, the things that are really, really important to me are time with my children, is swimming in the ocean, 
is having fun playing um, because of COVID. I'm now playing the piano again, something that I've taken. And it's like, oh my God, this is such a joy to do. So what are these joyful experiences that really are worth so much more than um, the material object referral things? And yeah, it's all about valuing. I think think it always comes down to releasing the fear and valuing yourself. Excellent. That's a brilliant way, I think, for us to wrap up. I could continue to talk to you about this over and over again. Um, perhaps we get you back on because there's some, you know, I'd love I, to. I, 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 maybe next time we talk about um, unlocking some of the subconscious through using hypnotherapy because that's another part of the work that you do. Um, but can you tell us where we can find you? Um, and I'm also going to, uh, once this is all up, I'll be putting this on the Sensibility website so there'll be a link to your website and to um, which then they can probably find you avenues of um, social media. But if someone's listening, how can they get hold of you? They can find me at deannejoseph.com. That's D-E-A-N-N-E, Joseph, J-O-S-E-P-H.com. And uh, also on LinkedIn and also on Instagram. It's D-E underscore A-N-N-E underscore Joseph on Instagram as well. So, yeah, they're the three main channels you can find me. Excellent. And I'd love to talk to you more. As I said, I could probably keep going, but um, we'll we'll wrap it up now and then we'll be in touch because I'd love to chat more about this, um, some of the work that you do with hypnotherapy. Thank yeah, you so much. And thank you for the great work you're doing and really looking at money um, as a holistic perspective. I think it's it's fantastic. There's people like you out there that are doing this great work and just not looking at it from face value and looking at it, what is really happening here in relation to money. And it's way more powerful than just looking at them, you know, the dollars and the cents. Thank you. Yeah. I, I as you know, it's a great, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to be able to look at money so differently and work with people like yourself, um, other money coaches that I'm working with and other uh, financial professionals, because if we all get this part right, it can be a massive game changer. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. No worries. Take care. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye, hon. <laughs>